This is Transistor.fm. I want to say thanks to our sponsor, Active Campaign. Their platform helps you to create more than just broadcast email. You can send each lead the right message, turn them into a customer, and then educate them. Sign up at ActiveCampaign.com/slash/build-your-sas. With that URL, you get a second month free, a free migration, and two free one-on-ones. Hey everyone, welcome to Build Your SaaS. This is the behind-the-scenes story of building a web app in 2019. I'm John Bruda, a software engineer. And I'm Justin Jackson, and I've been up since 2.30 a.m. <laughs> Why are you up so early? Because I was also up early. Yeah, so I, I wanted to talk about this. Uh, you said you were up since when? Uh, I probably woke up at 4, 4.30. Okay. Is this a common thing? Because one, I've been in our Slack, we have a daily check-in uh, channel. Yeah. And I actually like it. It's kind of like one of the, you kind of say, hey, here's what I'm thinking about working on today. But we also kind of use it as a place to say how we're feeling. Mm-hmm. And frequently, it seems that you and I both report having crappy sleeps. It has happened a number of times. Is this a a new thing for you or what? Uh, it's I say it's it's happened a little more recently lately. Um, I have a feeling, even though I ran yesterday, I have a feeling it's because I've been working out less since I mm. since I did that race. Yeah, possibly drinking more caffeine. Yeah, um, and drinking some alcohol again does the more caffeine do you think the more caffeine because people who follow me know i drink a ton of caffeine right uh, I, I try not to drink it after noon and i definitely try to drink not drink it after let's say three o'clock but do you think like let's say i had a bunch of caffeine at two would that cause me to wake up at like 3 a.m the next morning i don't know i will say the times i've quit caffeine Mm-hmm. For about a month or so, I did sleep really well, hmm. but I really enjoy caffeine. Yeah, I, I don't know. I have a feeling that maybe you wake up at two thirty because your body is like craving caffeine. <laughs> maybe you drink so much <laughs> that your body is is like physically needs it. Do, do you think that's what it is? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I I know for me with alcohol anyway. If I drink anything too late at night, I will wake up around three or four. And not that I have to use yeah. the bathroom or anything. I just, it, the alcohol, I think, wears off and I, yeah. I, I just wake up and I can't go back to sleep. And it, it, well, that makes it doesn't sense. Matter, it doesn't really matter how much I drink either. It's just. Well, see, now I've been doing this research. <laughs> I, I asked on Twitter. I have a pretty good Twitter thread going here, actually. I couldn't believe how many people replied. Um, so I asked this at 6.10 a.m. after I'd been up, obviously, for four hours. Folks who have substantially improved the quality of your sleep, what worked? And I said, I'm specifically interested in night routines, changes in habits, environment fixes, sleep products that work. <laughs> and then I said, related. 
And this is the one that got the most replies. My biggest problem generally isn't going to bed, but rather waking up at 2 a.m. to 3 a.m. and not being able to fall back asleep. Yeah. And one of the things about alcohol is, uh, so this guy Matt Walker is like, he's the author of Why We Sleep. I think I'm going to read this book. Have you read this? I think I have it. He replied. No, oh. he didn't reply, oh. but people kept referencing it. I think kept... I have it and never read it. <laughs> uh, and he, so he has these things about alcohol, and it's a sedative, not a sleep inducer. So people often use it to fall asleep, but it doesn't help you get into REM sleep. Right. Same goes for weed. Okay. Uh, it blocks your REM sleep. But CBD, there was quite a few people in my replies that said CBD oil really helped them. Doesn't look like there's been any clinical trials, but hmm. maybe because it reduces anxiety. So let's just go back to you and I for a sec. What When you wake up, why can't you go back to sleep? I don't really know. I'm not particularly thinking of anything. I, I'm not, I don't think it's like an active mind situation. Okay. Like I'm not necessarily stressed out about anything or worried. Yeah. Um, and like, I, you know, I woke up at 4.30. I don't feel bad right now. Hmm. But You seem great. <laughs> like compared to me, like yeah, I you just seem feel a little tired. like I'm, I'm like, I can feel it in your head, you know, in your head right. where you feel. And I went to bed around 11. So I didn't get a lot okay. of sleep. Yeah, that's about the same um, as I got. And I laid there for a while, like an hour. I don't think I dozed off, but I, when it happens, I don't really know. I usually just get up and start doing stuff. Interesting. So you could be, you could be in this, because um, they've said that, you know, uh, the hunter-gatherers or whatever, they think that our natural kind of biological pattern was to sleep for six and a half hours mm -hmm. wake up in the middle of the night do a bunch of stuff and then go back to sleep right or um sleep you know just six and a half hours and then have a siesta yeah i have read that i mean i you know artificial light certainly plays a role in that because if we were hunter gatherers we'd be going to bed at eight o'clock at night because there's yeah. no light you can't do anything <laughs> Yeah, and up here in Canada, you just be sleeping all the time. <laughs> like it's it gets so dark right. here in the winter. Yeah, and I yeah I have heard that sunlight helps. Like if you're if you're exposed to sunlight during the day, you will be more naturally sleepy. Mm -hmm. Interesting. See, my problem is I can if I wake up at like this morning two a.m. woke up and. And by the part of the problem is our dog. Our dog keeps waking me up. Hmm. That that's kind of what usually causes me to wake up. Yeah, I didn't see in your replies. I didn't see anything about getting rid of your dog. <laughs> yeah, get rid of the family dog. I don't know what we're gonna do because it's like it doesn't. The dog doesn't wake up anybody except for me. And do you do you sleep with earplugs? Maybe I should. I do that. I you you sleep with earplugs? Yeah, I usually do. Even if. It's just like if it's just me. If I'm on like a trip with someone, I'll still wear them. If it's just me, I'll still wear it. like it. Yeah, um, yeah. That might help to to make sure I keep sleeping because that's part of the problem. Is half my problem is I wake up 
And so something is causing me to wake up. I got to deal with that. The second problem that I've never been able to fix, and I've had this basically my whole life, is I get up, like I, I wake up, and then my brain starts thinking. And I was thinking about, like, for example, this office here, I kind of want to take this over and turn it into a studio. And so I was thinking about all the different ways I could modify this office. And then my mind goes to, uh, there's this house for sale a couple blocks over that has a swimming pool. And I was like, oh, that'd be cool to turn that into a studio. And I just keep (laughs) keep going. It's almost like my mind gets so excited about all these ideas. Did you fall asleep thinking about that stuff? No, no. It, it, it's just like my brain has it stored up and like these little surprises. He <laughs> just boots up in the middle of the night and is like, well, let's start thinking about. Yeah. The here's some new package. Here's some new packages for, <laughs> you to, for, you, for you to deal with. Yeah. I, I used to have that problem. I think I don't, for whatever reason, I can generally turn that stuff off. And just it might just be excitement. Like I'll be thinking about Transistor and I'll be thinking, oh, I can't wait till we can do this. And then I'll think, oh, I should start another podcast. And then I start thinking about all the podcast ideas I could yeah. start. Is it, is it, would it be beneficial to like write it down in the middle of the night as it comes up and then just leave it? And maybe that's a way of getting it out of your brain? I've heard that is helpful. But again, that's, that, that's like a habit you have to get into. I think it's probably hard to yeah, I've tried a lot of those things, and I think part of it is, you know, and sometimes things work, and so, like sometimes writing it out works. Sometimes listening to that Sleep With Me podcast works. Mm-hmm. Sometimes uh, getting up and just like having a glass of milk and uh, just reading for a bit, sometimes that works. Mm-hmm. Sometimes meditating. These are all things that people have suggested to me, but there's also a lot of times where I'm just like, uh, I'm so frustrated and I would yeah. literally pay like if I could just pay if, if there was a button that I had to pay a hundred bucks and it just knocked me out <laughs> <laughs> I would do that it's so I can see how people get addicted to sleep pills because like yeah w- when you're up at four in the morning you're just like please just turn this brain off uh, but then if you took a sleeping pill at four in the morning you'd be a, a zombie at when you woke up if you woke up. Have you ever taken sleeping pills? I've never taken one. Uh, I mean, I've taken melatonin and I've taken yeah. like Tylenol PM or something, but nothing yeah. nothing like prescription. I don't Yeah. I don't want to get into that stuff. Yeah, I've heard that's bad. Um, I I don't have a problem falling asleep anymore. I, it sounds like you don't either. I usually read I'm usually reading Do you on, read on Do you read on a Kindle or I read on a Kindle, yeah. And See, I, I I might try to do that. The backlight doesn't bother. Like it's backlit, but it's not. It's not harsh. The Kindle white. Yeah, it's uh. Okay. Yeah, but it's like it. It's if all the other lights are off, you can still turn the brightness of that screen down to where it's like it's not really bright. It's not phone. It's not phone bright, for sure. Yeah. Um, and I usually read fiction. I, I guess it doesn't really matter, but I get sleepy within like ten minutes. Okay, can you give me a couple good fiction books to read? Uh, I've been reading Dune, finally. Dune? Dune. Okay. It's a long one. Is it better than the David Bowie movie? Is that Dune? No, you're thinking of uh, Sting. Sting is in it? Oh, Sting. Sting is in Dune, yeah. I haven't watched that one yet, and I've been told not to. Okay. <laughs> because it will ruin the book. It's just not good, apparently. 
Okay. It's a lot. It's so a long Dune, book. Dune. Um, what's a quick? What's something? A quick fantasy read that will get me back into fiction, and uh, but won't last forever. And and listener, if you've got some ideas, send them to you enjoy me s- as well. Science fiction. Yeah, I think I could get into some science fiction. Um, man, off the top of my head, I would have to look. Mark. The last fiction book I read was um, oh, what? It's when there, there's like a moon colony. It's told from the female protagonist's perspective. Oh yeah, the, the same author that wrote the other book, about, Ready Player One, about Mars. Is that right? Is it no? Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. It's the the Mars person. Yeah, uh, Artemis. Is that what it was? Artemis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that one. Okay. That was good. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I can send you a few. I'll put them in the notes. Yeah, I can't. So, I can't think of them right off the top of my head. I'm I'm trying to make a plan. I'm basically I'm going to buy a bunch of stuff. That's yeah. my first. I'm going to buy a sleep mask. Yeah. I'm going to buy some CBD oil. I'm going to maybe get a Kindle. Okay. Because part of the problem is like I'm either on my phone, which everyone ha- tells me is really bad. Yeah. So I'm going to try to get off the phone, and I've also heard. My my reading light is above my shoulder, and there's a bunch of people that say like having an overhead light like that with paper books is really not great. Huh. And quite a few folks said Kindle was better. So I, I think if I like force myself to just have like a Kindle and that's it in my bedroom. I I mean I like paper books, but I also love the the ease of having a Kindle that you can take everywhere, and it. You know, you can read a huge book and it doesn't take up any more space, and yeah. it's and you can turn off the lights and you and read with it still at low light. Yeah, and that's the other thing is that obviously, like I'm sleeping with my wife right next to me, and so if I have the light on, that's no good either, yeah. right? So she then it right it disrupts everything there. So you're like reading on your phone. Yeah, I'm often reading on my phone. Okay. No TV. No TV in our. Yeah, I, I I rarely watch TV. Are you a big TV watcher these days? I watch TV, yeah, but never never in the bedroom or anything. I don't. I've never liked that. Anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna try a bunch of these recommendations. The Twitter thread and all the replies. There's like there might be a hundred replies oh, wow. to this. Uh, I'll I'll put that in the show notes that you can find saas.transistor.fm slash seven eight yeah it's it seems like the big ones are go to bed at the same time regardless mm-hmm. exercise a few times a week mm-hmm. don't drink caffeine or stop like really early in the day mm-hmm. don't drink alcohol ha- keep your room cool and make it dark yeah i'm gonna tr- i'm gonna try some of those things too i'll report back next week see if i i can i can figure this out <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm a pretty light sleeper, so the, the earplug thing really helps. So you just sleep with earplugs all the time? Yeah, usually, yeah. Are they special earplugs or? No, nah, they're just like, I get them at the drugstore. It's like a pack of 20. I use them for, a, you know, like five days. And they kind of like wear out and they lose their, they're like the little foam ones. It's like just enough of a blocker from noise. Yeah. Yeah, I should I should try that too. I'm gonna try. I'm trying everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go on a, a big experiment here. Yeah, it's yeah, uh, go, uh, it's yeah. Having bad sleep is like it's just 
such an annoying, frustrating thing. Well, yeah, especially when you really like your work and you want your full brain to be working. And it used to be, one thing that has improved since we've started Transistor is it used to be I was just worried about business stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. But now, uh, one, having a co-founder, like having a partner that I can talk things out with during the day has helped a lot. It's just... It's not on my mind. It's not rattling around in my head. And uh, two, just the reliability of SaaS revenue is a game changer when you're building a business. It's just, it's so much nicer than laying up at night going, what am I going to launch next? How am I going to get the next client? Right. That part used to keep me up a lot. It's nice that those things are... are, uh, helpful but that's good yeah yeah i used to yeah high school college i used to not be able to fall asleep i would just my mind would be thinking and worrying about all kinds of stuff and it would lead to me just getting sick all the time so i'm really yeah really glad i got past that period of my life (laughs) what happened you just grew out of it yeah i think so well i i also had some serious snoring breathing issues okay ended up having and how did i had surgery Okay, um, and that helped. Yeah, I had some mild to bad sleep apnea. Yeah, which is not healthy, and it really has terrible sleep, and causes terrible sleep, and you're tired. And a few people recommended that stuff too. Like some folks either said get the retainer. Yeah, and then there's some people that are taping their mouths shut. Have you seen that horror show? <laughs> oh my god, no! <laughs> it's like that was like a common reply was. People taping their mouths shut. Oh I was God. like, ma- they call it mouth taping. And then there's pictures of it. And I'm like, that, <laughs> I don't know if I can do that. Nope. I mean, you're like, you're two, your arms and legs away from being kidnapped at yes. that point. <laughs> I'm going to send you a picture of mouth taping. It is, it is. I don't think I could just, handle that. I, I don't, I don't like like I was, I had to go to the dentist recently a couple of times, and they did some some work on my teeth. But like, I could really only breathe through my nose, and I was, I couldn't. It it doesn't feel pleasant. No, it feels like I'm well, not look, getting enough oxygen. Look at look at some of these pictures. Like I just sent you one in Slack, but seriously, like oh, if you if you if you <laughs> Google mouth taping, I'm like, oh man, that is mm, no. Hmm. No. So you'll draw the line there. I mean, I'll, I'll no, I'll try anything. <laughs> but it does look like a horror show. Just ask your wife to duct tape your mouth shut before bed. Yeah, <laughs> like just just while I'm sleeping, just like like look at these sleep tape. These are breathe yeah. better sleep. I man, maybe I should try that tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Interesting. let's move on. Um, yeah, and if folks have any sort of feedback on that, I'm all ears. Let's just take a break and uh, thank Honey Badger. Honeybadger.io, they do DevOps monitoring for web apps. So exception monitoring, uptime monitoring, check-in monitoring. If you have a web app, you need it. These folks have been super active in the Ruby on Rails community for a long time. 
You might have seen them giving out ice cream at your local conference. They've got the best swag ever. They sent me a shirt. I should get them to send you a shirt, too. A shirt and a sticker and just amazing company, amazing product. Honeybadger.io. Start a free trial and let them know that tired Justin and slightly less tired John sent you. <laughs> uh, let's do a quick update on what you've been working on. What what have you been working on? How's it been going? Um, I have been, let's see, working on mainly this new feature we're building. Should we, I, are we talking about it? Let's just let let's just talk about okay. it now. I, I I'm tired. I'm tired of yeah hiding it. I saw on Twitter some people were trying to make some guesses and. <laughs> Maybe we'll dis- oh, maybe oh, we'll disappoint some folks. I don't know, but that was almost worse. Was people s- saying, "Oh, I'm so excited!" I'm like, "Oh shoot!" Now, yeah. <laughs> um, so we've been working on building out um, additional functionality around private podcasting and the ability mm-hmm. to have an RSS feed that is, let's say, unindexable or mm-hmm. well, private in that it won't show up in podcast directories, um, but also different than what we currently offer in that you can generate feeds for different subscribers. So like you can have a list of subscribers and they get their own feed and you can turn them on and off, um, add add new subscribers. So if you are a corporation, a company who wants a private podcast, you can easily set this up for your employees. Or if you're um, I guess you probably have some more examples of this. Like, yeah, there's been folks that are using it for employee onboarding. There's folks that are using it for training. There's folks that have professional organizations and they need to keep uh, in contact with them. Uh, lots of CEOs want to use it to communicate with their team. I've used these in the past for my books. So when I make the audio book version instead of you know having audible distribute it i just distribute it via podcast people can add it to their podcast player that they already have uh there's some people that are using it inside of membership sites there are there's all sorts of every time uh we get a new customer requesting it there's a new use case i hadn't considered before yeah and the one thing that they couldn't do before is like most private podcast feeds are just a you know a single authenticated URL that everybody shares but if Nancy you know leaves the company and you don't want her to have access anymore there was no way to remove access for her yeah and and this I, we we talked about this a, li- a little bit in the past um but this kind of came out of requests from our customers or potential customers who really wanted something like this and we just didn't have anything to offer them and came to the point where we we're like, we should, there's something here. We should really, really build this thing out. Yeah. Actually the, uh, I think I've mentioned this in the past, but we have an automated email that just sends to us when people cancel and I manually reply to those. So just in Gmail, I just click the email address. I have a little text expander snippet. And the subject line will be didn't work for and then the company name or didn't work for you. And I'll just say, hey, I noticed you canceled your transistor account. 
We do podcast hosting and analytics. By the way, that reminding people what you do is one of the biggest mistakes I see people making in their emails. They don't remind people, hey, this is Transistor. Yeah. We do podcast hosting and analytics. Well, we also have gotten customers who have emailed us who from uh who have replied to a receipt that they were charged for and they're like, What is what are you? What do you do? We're like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's quite common, especially in organizations when you know there's someone else paying. the The right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And so th- then my second line will say, "Is there something about the platform that wasn't working for you?" And this is one I got just yesterday. Um, they said there's only one uh, anonymous user per podcast link to access the the, the private podcast. And it makes it extremely easy to share the private podcast with external users. It's too insecure for us right now. And this was a, a company that wanted to use it, I'm guessing, for you know some sort of training or some sort of uh, employee news. So this has been cool uh, to work on this, to reply to this thing we saw over and over again. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about... Cause this has also given us an opportunity to think through onboarding and user flows a lot more. Like we're doing this differently than we we really have been thinking about this whole experience kind of from the ground up. Like what what does the whole process look like? Yeah, and and we're trying to do this within this six week cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. it's been yeah, it's been interesting. I mean. We've certainly thought a lot about onboarding. We haven't really, I wouldn't say we've worked on it much yet. Like the past three weeks, I, uh, you know, I've just been building out the core functionality of this stuff so, so that we can get it up on our staging server soon. And they, so we can both test it out in like kind of a real world situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the ability to add a subscriber and, and subscribe to a link from an email, um, the ability to track subscribers to see if they've listened yet, you know, turn off subscribers, things like that. Um, I think the biggest change is that when you add a subscriber, they get an email and the email says, hey, welcome to this private podcast click here to add it to your podcast listening app and they click on a link it opens up a responsive web page mm-hmm. and we are testing out these i think they're called deep links which allow folks to open for example open this podcast in overcast open this podcast yeah, in pocket or open this cast. basically open this rss feed it's a little bit, yeah, it's slightly different. They have these links for particular podcasts that are already in, let's say, Apple Podcasts or in mm-hmm. the Overcast directory. That's right, so yeah. most of these apps also have a way for you to basically subscribe to a, an arbitrary RSS feed. Mm-hmm. So, and, yeah. and most of them, not all of them, allow you to have some sort of authenticated right, feed. Right. So that the idea here is to try to make it as stupid simple for anyone who gets an email who who becomes a subscriber to one of these p- private podcasts to go from getting the email to being subscribed in you know one or two clicks mm-hmm. without really having to 
do too much or necessarily enter a password or have to remember a password. Um, so, yeah. so, I mean, we're all testing that. I, it seems to be working well from our testing. We just started, I started emailing a few folks that I know personally, um, mostly testing Android phones because those are the ones we don't have access to. We can test yeah. all the iOS stuff ourselves, but that's been interesting, uh, for people to say, oh, you know what, that, that button in the email wasn't clear. Uh, you know, can you change that? Because it, I didn't realize that was my next step. Okay. Uh, we've seen some folks say, um, like adding, opening the link didn't work the first time, but then the second time they were able to add, manually add this RSS feed to their podcast hmm. player. So that's been interesting. Now that we have this staging server, being able to test out stuff before we you know, put it into the actual public web app, yeah. And having all the ability there, like having the ability to email and because sometimes in staging setups I've had in the past, you couldn't like send emails, for example. Oh, yeah. But having all of that functionality right there, it's, it's been really, really helpful. Yeah, it, it, I feel like it's a, it's a quick feedback loop. The way we've been doing this, let's say we we started this thing out with our shaping call before the six weeks started and we sort of just like, brain dumped everything we thought we could do with private this private podcast stuff mm-hmm. there were a lot of unknowns there were some things that we just couldn't do that were impossible there's a lot there's a lot i think that will not be in this feature when we launch it mm-hmm. like there's a lot of cool stuff we can do yeah that i think we'll just keep iterating on and adding specifically after we've given real people the chance to use it right yeah and you know the real because this real world usage might change where it goes, mm-hmm. but I think we also have a number of ideas that we'd love to add. We just don't have time in the six weeks, and yeah, it, it's still a useful feature without them. But if we wanted to build those in, I think it would be one of those. It, it would end up being a feature where it just goes on and on and on, and by the time you know it, it's like December first, and we haven't launched anything, or it's the end of the year, and now. We're not going to launch it till the new year, so I think yeah, that, it's been really helpful to chat. We we talk every week. Uh, yeah, we we've been doing these other phone calls, and they've kind of turned into like, okay, do we have anything we want to specifically? <laughs> I think before I was like, what are we going to talk about? Like, what's the? But now we have this focus of what are the unknowns right now. So when we're in the cycle we're mostly asking what are the unknowns and that's helped focus me in those calls and to think, Oh yeah, we still don't know this. We still don't, for example, what are, how are we going to do pricing for this? Mm -hmm. And that instantly brings up this idea of, Oh yeah, we can't launch this unless we have pricing. And so it feels like we're, we're dealing with that stuff earlier than we would have in the past. Right. It's not that like I am going to be tackling implementing the pricing for this, you know, this week. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily going to happen the week we talk about it, but at least we have it written down and decided on early yeah. so that one of us can tackle it whenever we can. 
Yeah. Um, it's And it kind of bringing it up allows you to start kind of churning away on it in your mind. Yeah. Which, which has been, again, really helpful. Yeah. And so these, we, I'm, we call them shaping calls, but they're not really shaping calls. These are like in cycle calls now. And the, the shaping stuff where we decided, okay, what is the work going to look like before we start working on it? That was, again, really, yeah, the helpful and just defining the contours yeah. of what does this look like? Where are we going to go? Where are we not going to go? Yeah. So it, it's, I think it's been going well. I mean, it's been, a, it's been a good experiment for us. Um, I, mm-hmm. I think we'll probably end up, this is my assumption, the last couple weeks or week and a half will probably be a lot of fine tuning and copywriting and just sort of uh, kind of like rethinking the whole flow from end to end and seeing where mm-hmm. some, some problems might be or some confusion might come up. That, yeah. that and and doing the, implementing the pricing, but I don't think that'll be too much. Um, but I think once we have the core of it down and we feel confident that it's working, I think then we'll, we can kind of revisit all of it as a whole and kind of rewrite a lot yeah. of copy and sort of, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like, yeah, really kind of clean it up. Yeah. Yeah. solidify like kind of decide on some terminology for a few different things we have that might be confusing to people or yeah we want to you know, we want to launch this thing as like a finished fully functional like easy to use feature mhm and and how do you think it's different than what people have done like like with sprints why is this different than doing a sprint i think from my experience in the past like sprints have always been a couple weeks but -hmm. you're not ever launching anything at the end of the sprint you are finishing part of something there's still not necessarily a deadline for the bigger epic or feature that you're working on it's just Mm -hmm. here's a bunch of stuff to do in two weeks let's see if we can finish it we're not necessarily launching it it's just that we're finishing Mm -hmm. part of it but i i feel like with this whole longer cycle if we want to call this a longer a six-week sprint that'd be great but there's much more opportunity and space to i don't know do things in pieces i i guess but i don't know because we haven't we haven't finished yet so it's hard to totally nail it down but Mm -hmm. it feels like there's more of an opportunity to sort of experiment for a while and prototype and build it and refine it all in the same cycle yeah, it feels more holistic to me. Yeah. Like exactly that. Like sprints were always like, okay, we've got this one week and you're you're always encouraging the team members first to think very individually, like only break off what you can chew and it's it's all the estimating is all left to the individual. Like, okay, is this a one-point project or a two-point or you know, and or small, medium, large. If you're doing t-shirt sizes, right? Uh, and that, and so it's all up to this poor person that you know. Okay, I got to decide what I can reasonably accomplish. So here's four tasks, and here they are sized, and here's you know, even if you have software that tracks it for you, it's like here's what I think I can finish in this week. But you're not thinking about the whole experience for the user. 
Right. This is much more holistic. This is like, what are we actually going to ship? And we're not thinking in a one-week sprint or a two-week sprint. We're thinking six weeks. Like, this is six weeks for us to, like you said, prototype, experiment, build this up, uh, try some things out. And then as we're kind of coming down the other side of the hill, say, okay, this is let's wrap this up. Let's clean it up. Let's get it ready for uh, prime time. Yeah. And yeah, and and again, thinking about your work and planning the contours of your work before you start the work is such. A, it, it seems so simple in retrospect, but it's it's just so helpful. Like it, I, I want to use this concept for everything now. Like <laughs> before we embark on something, it's like it's so helpful to just like have this pre-planning time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think we talked about it last week or maybe the week before about the marketing website and how we didn't do this for that. And it's just... Mm-hmm. Just keeps it going. It just keeps going because we didn't really think about what it needed to have necessarily before you started working on it. Exactly, yeah. Talking about that though, because we discussed pricing for this, um, I... I uh, started working on what the, our new pricing grid would look like. And uh, Adam Wathen has this CSS framework, t- Tailwind, that I've been using for the marketing site. And he's going to be releasing this new, basically like a components directory. Um, but they're going to be really high quality pre-made components that Steve Shoger has designed and so instead of, for example, me having to build a responsive table, which is a nightmare, uh, they design it so it looks great. And then um, uh, like Steve designs it, Adam turns it into code, and then you basically just can grab, like I just grabbed what he made, plopped it into our website, and it, I mean, it needs to be cleaned up a little bit, but it basically just works. Like Right out of the gate, I had this responsive pricing grid that looks pretty good. Yeah. I think that was also I'm when you're talking about prototyping, I really do need to see it like in HTML. Like the first step is we you and I collaborated on a, a Google sheet where we were moving things around. And then once that felt pretty good, putting it actually on the website and going, okay, how does this feel? Like you know what what should we be doing to make things more clear and and looking at it like how does this look on the phone okay in that case everyone's going to see th- this stuff first and how does that differ when you're comparing plans uh you know when it's on desktop so that was that was really uh again gratifying i think when you can figure out like instead of hiring somebody to build or design this piece, which I think can be really complicated for a lot of businesses, um, having something pre-built that I could just start from was so helpful. Yeah, that, that's cool that they're they're doing that stuff. I've, I've seen a few of their experiments or designs on Twitter. Yeah. And so that's all done with just basic like default tailwinds? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And because if you're using all their classes which we are, um, all, you're just copying, all you're doing is copying HTML. You're not copying any CSS. Mm-hmm. 
And so when you paste it in, it just, it just works. It just, it just, and, and they're going to have in this component directory, they're going to have like, you know, maybe three or four different pricing grids. And so if you want to compare, you just swap out the HTML and then all of a sudden you've got, you know, a different pricing grid. So I think it's going to be really helpful, especially for me when I want to move faster and not have to pull you off something on the back end. Um, But it's like, okay, I need just this one component for this piece of the site, like get me unstuck. And previously what I was doing is (laughs) when we were on WordPress, I was buying these Beaver Builder add-ons, which were like, you know, sometimes 80 bucks. You have to like buy this whole package and you only want this one thing. So to me, like having something that can get me unstuck that's really high quality feels worth it. Yeah, and already like just being able to visualize this and go, okay, I can see how this is going to look. And it it helps me feel out the feature too. Like people are going to see this. Is it going to resonate right away? Right, right. Yeah, and you already already put it up on our testing site so that I can see mm-hmm. it, which is great. I think that yeah. kind of goes back to our even working on the private podcasting stuff where we have sort of this very quick feedback loop where mm-hmm. it's not me building something in isolation for three weeks. It's me building something in a couple days and then mm-hmm. you know pushing that up to GitHub and issuing a pull request, but also yeah. pushing that up to staging so that you can see it and get some feedback and actually use it. Yeah, I think that's 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 really important. Otherwise, you know, I would yeah, if I don't if I don't give myself sort of a cutoff even for working on part of a feature like that, I would probably just keep spinning my wheels and trying to improve it or change it in some way that mm-hmm. might not really matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and the frequency of the calls too and just being able to go, okay, let's look at the analytics again. Like, let's look at the analytics again. Mm-hmm. You know, we've already looked at it before, but now we've chewed on it for a week. Okay, here's the new thinking. Let's move these things around. Let's edit the HTML and just kind of play with it. And then you go away, you, you know, you uh, uh, code the feature, and then it's up on staging that day. And I can look at it and go, hmm, okay, well, I wonder if people would be confused by this label and, oh, you know what we're probably missing here is this, or, hey, maybe we don't need that part. Uh, it, it does feel way more collaborative as a whole. And yeah, like you said, really quick feedback loops. Um, uh, I might go away and just like work on one piece. Of, like I, I was like working on how that, that landing page might look for people when they get it on their phone, right? Yeah. And then exploring deep links and like, okay, how how are people doing this and trying to figure out what those look like? And then you found a bunch of them and then we're testing them out. It's just like, it just feels like things are happening quite fast in a way that it almost makes me scared of like, I don't know how we would ever add anyone to this process. Yeah. (laughs) And make it work this fast, you know? Well, yeah, I think it would certainly change. Mm-hmm. Or you'd almost have to have a separate group or two other people working on something else, something like that. But yeah, so far, so far, so good. Um, and we're hoping to have it out on the end of the cycle is October fifteenth. Yeah, 
I doubt that's the day we'll actually launch it, but sometime in October. Yeah, so if you've been waiting for that, that is coming soon. If you've been not if you haven't signed up for Transistor yet, hopefully in October we've got something for you that will be um yeah, really cool, especially for people who are in companies, organizations, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I I hope it's simple enough for people but has enough functionality for what they need. I mean, I, I think inevitably we will get feedback from people when we launch it. Of, mm-hmm. How about what, where's this? How's this? And I think we just have to, both of us have to like not take it as criticism, but just take it as feedback. And mm-hmm. it's probably a lot of stuff we've thought about, but uh, maybe next week, actually, we can talk a little bit more about how we're pricing this. Cause there's some interesting yeah, we've, considerations. Yeah, we've had there. a lot of discussions around that. All right. Let's uh, let's thank our Patreons. I think we've got someone new here. Where's where's my list here? Yeah, John, why don't you oh, yeah. thank those folks there? Yeah, thanks uh, to everyone uh, for helping us out on Patreon. Uh, we have James Sowers. Sowers. That's a good question. I, I I would have said it was Sowers, but okay, he can he can let us know. I know James; he's good. From with userinput.io. Uh, Travis Fisher, Matt Buckley from NiceThings.io, Russell Brown, Evandro Sass, Sassy. I still don't know what what <laughs> what's the correct. I think it's Evandro Sassy. Okay, thanks, Evandro. Prediumna Schimbecker, Noah Prail, David Colgan, Robert Simplicio, Colin Gray from Alicia.com, Josh Smith, Ivan Krakovic, Brian Ray. Miguel Pedrafita, Shane Smith, Austin Loveless, Simon Bennett, Corey Haynes, Michael Sitfer, Paul Jarvis, and Jack Ellis, Dan Buda, my brother. DanBuda.com. Darby Frey, Samori Augusto, Dave Young, Brad from Canada, Sammy Schuchert, Mike Walker, Adam Devander, Dave Junta. Junta. Kyle Fox from GetRewardful.com and our sponsors this week, Active Campaign and Honey Badger. All right, folks. Sleep well. We'll see you next week. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.